I assumed that by looking at that mixer, mm -hmm. I would know what I needed to adjust to make you louder, but it turns out I don't know what any of that stuff means, so... Um, well, I think that we should probably go ahead and get started, because mine's fairly lengthy, but... Yep. Surprise, we actually are only doing one story for me oh, today. Okay. Very nice. Yes. So that is lengthy for one. one. I see you trying I, to. I, I was going to put my notes down so that I'm okay. not rustling the papers, and Amanda's like big creepy eyes are just looking right over. I have run. big creepy eyes. Big, well, they're, they're like <laughs> Disney princess size. Have you noticed that Disney princess eyes are disproportional? Yes. That's why yeah. they always look so beautiful because their eyes are like magnified. That's just, like the biggest compliment you've ever given me. That's fine. You're a Disney princess. Yeah. You I just fluttered your eyes so flawlessly. <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> like you hurt. I can't do it, I can't do it again. <laughs> I think anyone who knows Amanda would agree she is a Disney princess. <laughs> she is. I, I hope. I hope that that's true. Okay. What state are we in? So we're in Nevada. Nevada. Ne Nevada. Nevada. Mm -hmm. It's the town, the town near where I live is Nevada, but the oh. state is Nevada. Okay. So it's just like Texas to take a, a name and bastardize you it. Do what you want. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Texas. We make our own rules. <laughs> um, so Nevada, I have been. I've been to Las Vegas once. Have you guys been? Yes. yes. Many times? No. Just once. Just once. When I started researching Nevada, I immediately thought about Las Vegas mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's kind of what it's known for. And so... I was like, okay, there's a history of mobsters, like, or maybe there's like a ghost story about a showgirl on the strip. And I was like, okay, definitely like the story will end up being from Las Vegas. Not so much. Well, I started, I did what I always do, which is like kind of start Googling and pulling and listing things. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered Nevada is also the home of the Hoover Dam. And yes. I was like, oh, right. Oh, like, yes. like this is going to be a mm -hmm. great story. So I thought, okay, surely... That's probably what it'll be. And actually, there is an urban legend associated with the Hoover Dam. So I thought that's what we would be covering today. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered, well, not remembered, but I stumbled across one of the biggest urban legends in this country. And I'm like, Erin, you're so stupid. Like, this should have been the first thing you thought about. I so don't know what it is. This is so. what we're doing today. We're covering Area 51. Oh, duh. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm That's exactly what I did when I was, because I was like, oh, the Hoover Dam. Oh, the Lost Oh, yeah. What? Obviously, we're talking about Area 51. Yeah. This is dumb on my part. I mean, not really. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Area 51, but I really thought it was in Arizona. Mm -hmm. no. Nope. Well, no, interesting. Ros Roswell is New in Mexico. New Mexico. Yes. And so that's kind of the other alien-y gotcha. kind of thing. Yep. But no, Area 51 is in Las Vegas. So what do you guys actually know about it? I mean, I know you've heard of it, but what do you know? Very little. Mm -hmm. I mean, just that it has to do with, like, government conspiracy hanging, uh, covering up alien type. activity type deal. And I played the game in the arcade when I was a kid a lot. Shooting things. Shooting aliens. things. Well, it has nothing to do with a video game, but we're on <laughs> a strong beginning. The video game had to do with the aliens. <laughs> Tracking. Um, yeah, that's all I really know. It's about aliens and a big government cover-up. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to be on more lists. Yay. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. <laughs> we've been on lists since we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the high-level explanation and then we're going to dive into a very lengthy story about Area 51. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. I want to learn. Yeah, I enjoyed this one today. Okay, so here are your high points. So Area 51 is a confirmed 
confirmed, key point, confirmed government testing site located approximately 110 miles from Las Vegas. The site was a complete secret until recently when the government confirmed the existence, although there has been lots of speculation for decades. Mm -hmm. So I say it was a complete secret only because it was not confirmed. People knew it was there, but no one would admit that it was there. Right. Um, the Pentagon has officially stated that no aliens exist or are present in the in Area 51, but that has not stopped the speculation. Uh-huh. So let's jump into the story. Yes. Let's, let's do it. I'm excited. I know. Me too. Area 51 is the common name of a highly classified United States Air Force facility located within the Nevada Test and Training Range, a remote detachment administered by Edwards Air Force Base. The facility is officially called... Homey Airport, you're welcome, (laughs) or Groom Lake, named after the salt flat situated next to its airfield. Details of the facility's operations are not known, but the USAF says that it is an open training range and that it most likely supports the development and testing of experimental aircraft and weapon systems. The USAF acquired the site in 1955, primarily for flight testing the Lockheed U-2 aircraft. Okay. So it's a real place. It's a real airfield. The intense secrecy surrounding the base has made it this a has made it the frequent subject of conspiracy theories and a central component of unidentified flying object, more commonly called called UFO folklore. The base has never been declared a secret base, but all research and occurrences in Area 51 are top-secret, sensitive, compartmented information. The CIA publicly acknowledged the existence of the base for the first time on June 25, 2013, following a Freedom of Information Act filed in 2005, and they declassified documents detailing the history and purpose of Area 51. Do you guys know much about Freedom of Information Requests or Freedom of Information Act? Mm, no, the most closely, like, the most close thing I can think of is, like, a parent request for mm-hmm. open records. Is, right. kind of works the same way. And, and most of my experience is with schools as well. But there, there's some information that we don't have to publish. But should it be requested with mm. a reasonable reason for requesting that, mm. we do have to provide. And so what happened... Um, And I apologize because I'm not sure if I included this in the research. So if it gets repeated in a few minutes, I'm sorry. But there was a a PhD research student who put in a freedom of information request for other documentation. And the declassification of that information is what actually created the the forced acknowledgement of Area 51. So that's why it was 2013. Because if you think about it, it's like, okay, they acquired it in 55. And now in 2013, they're admitting it. Okay. Interesting. So Area 51 is located in the southern portion of Nevada in the western United States. That's um, 83 miles north-northwest of the town of Las Vegas. The surrounding area is a popular tourist destination, including the small town of Rachel on the extraterrestrial highway. All right. Yep. I want to go. I would go. I would still go even after this research. Oh, good. Okay. I was about to say, maybe I don't. Hold on. (laughs) This is every single episode (laughs) we have this conversation with Amanda. That's true. I I just want to know if there's rainbow lights. Really, that's all I want to know right now. Kyle, Eric, if you could weigh in. (laughs) As far back as the 1950s, people have reported seeing UFOs at the Southern Nevada military base. So right about the time they acquired it. On June 17, 1959, the Reno Evening Gazette published a story with the headline, More Flying Objects Seen in Clark Sky, and described how Sergeant Wayne Anderson of the local sheriff's office was among several locals to spot what the paper described as an object, bright green in color, 
and descending toward the earth at a speed too great to be an airplane. According to the CIA, secretive flight testing has been happening in the area since the military began testing U-2 CIA spy planes in 1955 around the time reports that the UFO sightings started to come out. But the news that there was legitimate research happening has done little to quell the otherworldly theories that have long surrounded the site. So there, there are things happening, and mm-hmm. they might be rational mm-hmm. explanations, but maybe they're not. But I mean, you never know. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm about to repeat myself, so pardon that. Um, the public found out that Area 51 officially existed in August 2013 after Dr. Jeffrey T. Rickelson, a senior fellow at the George Washington University National Security Archive, submitted a Freedom of Information request in 2005 for information on the CIA's Lock. Lockheed U-2 plane reconnaissance program, the secret construction and testing of spy planes used to gather intelligence. Okay. The request forced the CIA to declassify documents on the history of the U-2 and the A-12 Oxcart program and the military base where the planes were constructed and tested, which was Area 51. Interesting. So, so it was an accident that that information was declassified. Not an accident, but not intentional at the right. same time. right. There certainly was, as you would expect, no discussion, no discussion of little green men here. Rickelson, who died in 2017, told the New York Times in 2013. And for our listeners, um, I hope you can all hear my son <laughs> chiming in. Um, this is a history of the U-2. The only overlap is the discussion of the U-2 flights and UFO sightings, and the fact you had these high-flying aircrafts in the air that were the cause of some of these sightings. Malcolm Byrne, Deputy Director and Director of Research at the National Security Archive, tells Time magazine that Rickelson essentially solved the mystery surrounding Area 51 indirectly. I don't believe Rickelson was going after Area 51 specifically. It's just that, as often happens in these things, there's serendipity and so material gets released that is great interest for other people. Just Mm. happened that way. Mm -hmm. So it just happened that way. So that's what Area 51 is. It's a research site. It's used for testing. It's got some work with the CIA. It's it's a legitimate testing site, legitimate aircraft. So Scott works for Lockheed, and so mm-hmm. we've actually toured the the facility in Fort Worth. Oh, fantastic. It's just so interesting. There was definitely a lot of, like, show your ID. It's not like a typical, you wouldn't just go, like, on a tour in a museum or whatever. It's very... It's a very lot special. Process. Yeah, very intensive process. Just... So it stands to reason that it could be legitimate research that's just not available to the public because the public doesn't need to know. And there is an aspect of that with a lot of our government work. The public doesn't need to know, so that information is not shared. Mm -hmm. It's the men in black. It's the men in black. So that's that's what Area 51 is. (laughs) Done. I'm done. So proud of you. Dancing. (laughs) Okay, so what's the proposed raid? Oh, yeah. You know this? You know this story? When there was going to be a raid a few years ago, yeah, I remember it in the news. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear your version, and then I'll go into the detail of it because I did. I didn't know anything about it. I just remember that it was like this big movement, and yes. I mostly saw it on the internet. And was like, what is happening? Like everything else that happens. <laughs> I vaguely remember that too. I asked my husband, who works at a middle school and knows everything, everything. about everything, because middle schoolers know everything about <laughs> everything true. and talk about it. And so I'm like, what is happening? He's like, oh yeah, there's this big call to raid Area 51 that we're going to see what's in there and we're going to find out and yes. get all the secrets. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> And then that was it. I remember that conversation. That's funny. I had forgotten completely about it, but yeah. Well, it's interesting how news works too, because like I was obviously around a couple of years ago. I had no knowledge of this. This was all brand new information to me. Mm. There was a pinned post on a Facebook event page in 2019 
by Jackson Barnes, who says that he created this as a joke event. He details his tongue-in-cheek plan to invade Area 51. It involves monster energy drinks, Kyle's, which is the internet name for white men and boys who have anger issues and punch drywall. Oh, okay. I and didn't a, know that. Um, pardon my mispronunciation, and a Naruto running inspired by a Japanese anime show. So I may have, if I messed that up, I apologize. Naruto. <clears throat> Naruto. Then the rock throwers will throw pebbles at the invisible resistance. We don't want to hurt them. We just want to annoy them. Um, Barnes writes, before making it clear that he does not advocate this plan. So what we have is an internet goofball creating an Just event. a little troll. Right. A little troll. P.S. Hello, U.S. government. This is a joke, and I do not actually intend to go ahead with the plan. I thought it would be funny and would get me some thumbsy uppies on the internet. <laughs> do you have uppies. a number of how many people jumped on board with this plan, though? Because I know it was a lot. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. 1.5 million people from all oh over the God. world signed on to join the raid, and the event inspired a mega viral meme. Even rap rapper Little Nas X released a new music video for his hit Old Town Road that features cowboys raiding Area 51. Oh my God. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the raid in just a few minutes. So how did the government respond to the raid? <laughs> you can't create a joke meme and get a million and a half people to right. sign on without the government going, excuse me, sir, just a moment. Hold up. Thumbsy uppies. I don't, breaks. I don't care how many thumbsy uppies you wanted. Let's talk about ramifications. <laughs> thumbsy downies. <laughs> so now we'll talk about the government and the thumbsy downies. <laughs> a spokesperson for the U.S. Air Force told several media outlets that they were aware of the plans to raid Area 51 and that they were staunchly against them. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> right. Any attempt to illegally access the area is highly discouraged, an Air Force spokesperson told NPR in a statement along with several other media outlets. Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force, and we would like to discourage anyone from trying to come to the area where we train American armed forces. Mm -hmm. Air Force spokeswoman Laura McAndrews told the Washington Post, the U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Yeah, I... Sorry to interrupt you, but I do okay. kind of remember the response of like, yeah, you really don't want to do that. You don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do this. Um, the U.S. Air Force did not immediately respond to Time Magazine's request for a comment. So, why has Area 51 become the subject of so many conspiracy theories? When Sergeant Anderson told the Reno Evening Gazette, which is now known as the Reno Gazette Journal, about a UFO spotting back in 1959... The outlet also reported that the Nellis Air Force Base, located about 130 miles south of Area 51, had received two previous reports in the past three weeks of UFO sightings. Those reports came just a couple of years after rumors of a UFO crashed in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947, which the Roswell Army Airfield later said was a weather balloon. The Air Force began investigating claims of UFO sightings in 1947, which later became known as Project Blue Book in 1952. By the time Project Blue Book ended in 1969, the Air Force had investigated 12,000 claims. Wow. So an aside before we continue the story. Three years ago, we had our last family reunion in Colorado, mm -hmm. and Kevin, Fiona, and I drove. We didn't have Liam at the time, so we liked to take driving tours, and we kind of took the long way, and we stopped overnight in I, Roswell. I remember that, yeah. Yes, because oh, yeah. I met up with you guys the next day. Yeah. Um, so we, we stayed there overnight, and we even toured the UFO museum the next day. Now, I thought it was really cool. Kevin thought it was extremely lame and overplayed. <laughs> I mean, I will say everything in that town is alien-themed. We checked Fair. in at the hotel, and there was an alien taller than Fiona. We went to the bakery, and there were alien cookies. I mean, it, it's everywhere. Right. 
Um, but if we had had more time, I actually wanted to do one of the tours where they, they take you to the actual field um, oh, that where they found cool. the weather balloon, yeah. in quotes. Um, but we had to get on the road, and obviously there's nothing left at this point. Um, but I will say, I don't know what it was, but I don't think it was a weather balloon. Right. Not. So back to the story. So, meanwhile, people in southern Nevada, uh, in the southern Nevada region, continued to report UFO sightings, which in hindsight were most likely sightings of the top-secret spy planes that were being constructed. Um, but even so, imaginations have continued to run wild. Area 51 re uh, references have also seeped into pop culture, making appearances in movies like Independence Day mm -hmm. and Paul. It has also inspired episodes of The Twilight Zone and The X-Files, as well as slightly less iconic straight-to-video film Scooby-Doo and The Alien Invaders. <laughs> it's a classic. So this basically tells us everything, but it also tells us nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Sounds right. So I kept digging, and I found a report of the previously mentioned Area 51 raid. Mm-hmm. So apparently it happened. But it oh, wasn't no. insurgents. It was a lot of civilians looking for answers and taking advantage of an excuse to party. Imagine. <laughs> oh, God. Doesn't sound like us at all. Not at all. In September of 2019, dozens of U.S. citizens, most of them extremely good looking and dressed up in costumes like they were attending a convention, met in Rachel, Nevada to see if they could discover what the government may or may not be hiding regarding aliens. I'm sorry, good looking? Was that a requirement? <laughs> I don't know if it was a requirement, what? but it was absolutely in the research. That's oh my hilarious. god. Only attractive people may enter. Right. Oh. Otherwise you'll spook the aliens. I don't want to know who the judge of that was. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sir. You may uh -huh. not. No. It's like a bouncer article. You? You can come. You? Mm-mm. Home time. Have mercy. <laughs> the alien bouncer. That sounds like a novel. It does. Uh, let's see. They were YouTube stars, Instagram ambassadors, and plenty of hopeful and aspiring influencers armed with semi-professional recording equipment. They planned to, quote, free the aliens, end quote, <laughs> or at least film themselves talking about it. Oh my god. They were joined by a ragged army of hundreds of stoners, UFO buffs, punk bands, rubberneckers, <gasps> European tourists, people with way too much time on their hands, and meme lords in Pepe the Frog costumes. I don't know what that means. All, all right. All there because of the internet. <laughs> the internet is a wonderful, Meanwhile, terrifying thing. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're just going to work. <laughs> and, yeah, I didn't even know this was happening. Uh, the ironic and the earnest alike were all looking for a party together at the end of the earth. Three months prior to that, on June 20th, 2019, the podcaster Joe Rogan released an interview with Bob Lazar. Lazar? Mm-hmm. Lazar. Lazar is a cult figure in UFO circles. He claims to have studied flying saucers at Area 51, and Rogan's millions of listeners heard the interview. One of those listeners was Maddie Roberts, a college student, anime enthusiast, and video gamer in Bakersfield, California. Inspired by the Rogan podcast, Roberts helped create the Facebook joke event, Storm Area 51, that can't stop all of us. That's yeah. the name. Oh my god. Yes, I remember that. This is the same raid we discussed earlier. According to the plan, people would meet in Rachel, Nevada, the closest town to Area 51, in the early morning of September 20th, and then swarm the defenses and see for themselves if the government was hiding aliens. <laughs> Things snowballed. <laughs> within hours, the page had thousands of RSVPs. <laughs> within days, it had more than a million. The Air Force warned that things would end badly for anyone attempting a raid, and the FBI even paid Maddie Roberts a house call. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> You're just chilling. So, he came up with a brilliant pivot. 
why not channel this momentum into a Burning Man-style music festival in the desert? He joined forces with Connie West, the operator of Rachel's Soul Inn and Restaurant, to plan what they called Alien Stock. <laughs> oh my god. I don't remember this part. That's I'm funny. sad that I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so then came the first schism. Scornful of internet interlopers, the Alien Research Center in nearby Heiko, Nevada, decided to host its own Area 51 event the same weekend. But this one was targeting serious UFOologists. Got it. Roberts and West pressed on. But the town of Rachel, population 54, <laughs> lacked the infrastructure to handle thousands of conspiracy theorists and gawkers descending on rural Nevada. I guess they did. <laughs> Local authorities fear, feared potential calamity, people dying of dehydration in the desert, angry landowners, madmen's with guns. Oh, no. <laughs> On September 10th, nine days before the event, Roberts backed out. Mm-hmm. I guess he did. Right. Sorry. Just he, too many house calls. <laughs> too many house calls. Too many house calls and lack of infrastructure. Right. One house call from the government is too many for me. Thank you. Cosign. <laughs> He wanted no inv- involvement in a fry fest to 2.0, he told the media. <laughs> he accused West of being insufficiently prepared for the coming flood. Budweiser offered to sponsor a free alternative alien stock event in a safe, clean venue in downtown Las Vegas, and Roberts urged people to go there instead. So for those of you counting, we're now talking about three events happening on the same evening. This guy needs to be like the poster child. You know how like, we have to teach kids like cyber uh responsibility Mm -hmm. like be careful what you put out there this is just (laughs) this is a great example of what not to do yep (laughs) so west which if you remember is the proprietor of the single uh business oh right she refused to cancel the concert in the desert Mm -hmm. she had already sunk in thousands of dollars of her own money and she told reporters as she held back tears that alien stock would happen whether anyone liked it or not (laughs) <laughs> okay she was busy trying to make more money than she's ever seen in her life probably <laughs> correct so now there are three rival events happening on the same weekend <laughs> one in las vegas a second one in rachel and a third one in heiko and no one had any idea how many people were coming oh this, god this is like a the, nightmare the nightmare so stressful the area 51 celebration in downtown las vegas did not get off to a promising start Shortly after 7 p.m. on opening night, the outdoor venue, which was heavily bedecked with glowing neon alien signage, was mostly empty except for cops and local newscasters. A DJ blasted dubstep to a bare dance floor. The venue even had a swimming pool bathed in green light and watched by a bored-looking lifeguard. I will note here, the next page or so of notes is taken directly from an article written firsthand by a reporter who attended these events. So if, if at any point I change to the wrong tense or it, it's like, how does she know that? That's why this is taken from a firsthand account. Oh my gosh. Then people started trickling in. Everyone was wearing their best alien themed rave attire. Right. Casual. <laughs> I just want to see, like, five outfits. Just five no, different outfits. Five. You know yes. what? I don't have pictures, but maybe when this art, this episode comes oh, out, well, we can like Google a few. Alien stock. <laughs> From alien stock. Um, let's see. One woman wore a shiny and discom- discomfittingly rubbery head-to-toe alien costume. Mm-hmm. Another had a Rick and Morty pattern dress. Right. Three men tore up the dance floor in matching alien motif onesies. And someone carried a sign that said Green Lives Matter. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Stop. 
Oh, here we go. I got much of this report from a firsthand account of a reporter named J. Oliver Conroy. He attended the Las Vegas event and published an article in The Guardian in late September 2019. Maddie Roberts, the initial creator of the event, and Rachel Nevada attended the Las Vegas event. He was spotted in the center of a swirling mass of people, holding court, wearing a Slayer hat and black t-shirt. His long, dark hair flowed majestically down his back. Oh, Maddie. <laughs> he, he looked like a heavy metal listening, Mountain Dew drinking samurai lord, surrounded by courtiers and supplicants. Okay. <laughs> this is still from the article? Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, that's not you, right? No, this is, this is not me. That's just uh, how I want an article about me to be written. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it. He was reported to be in high spirits. I'm absolutely amazed at how things turned out, and it's incredible, he said as he signed autographs. By around 9 p.m., there were a couple hundred people jerking spasmodically, spasmodically to dubstep. A woman who introduced herself as Cheryl said she was happy to be at the rave, but disappointed she couldn't make the event in the desert. This is the first time since Roswell that people like us are all coming together, she said. Even if nothing happens... We tried. (laughs) She means it. She She means means it. it. So sincere. So Jay Oliver left Las Vegas the next morning to drive out to the desert and check out the events that were closer to Area 51. The bright lights of the Las Vegas Strip dropped away as he drove out of town, and soon most human settlement was gone. There was nothing alongside the highway, no strip malls, no fast food joints, and worryingly few gas stations. There was at least two hours of driving ahead, though Each and every vehicle he saw was a police car, an RV, or a news satellite van. Mm, Ready. The first gas station was bustling with people buying water and cans of gas. In the parking lot, there was a camper van marked Area 51. Here we come. (laughs) Finally, two hours north of Las Vegas, Jay Oliver saw the exit for State Route 375, also known since its formal renaming in 1996 as Extraterrestrial Highway. That's awesome. The U.S. government owns thousands of square miles in northern Nevada. The area is big enough and empty enough to detonate a nuclear bomb, which the government has on hundreds of occasions. The Groom Lake Airfield, better known as Area 51, is part of a massive complex of military installations. Their activities are classified, and the skies above are restricted airspace. Little is known about what goes on there, though the Air Force tests experimental stealth aircraft, which may account for some of the UFO sightings. Of course, military pilots are themselves known to report seeing what they refer to as unexplained aerial phenomena. This was even reported in the New York Times. In the 2000s, Congress established an Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program to study the problem. The program was not classified, but it operated with the knowledge of an extremely limited number of officials, according to Politico. Then Nevada Senator Harry Reid helped to secure the funding. So on the way to Rachel, Jay Oliver stopped at the Rival Festival at the Alien Research Center in Heiko. <laughs> it was heavy on souvenir sellers, though there were a few hardcore UFOologists. A group called the Mutual UFO Network gave him a pamphlet offering to give him a certification and become a field investigator. Okay. I, I just would love to be a fly on the wall. I just, yeah. I think that's the safest way to experience all of this, not to directly interact. (laughs) If anything, the UFOologists were more the exception than the rule. 
the reporter expected most Area 51 stormers to be conspiracy theorists or people on the fringe of the political spectrum, but a lot, in fact, probably most of them, were normies on a lark or foreigners in search of peak Americana. Mm. Welcome to America, my friends. I think they found it. (laughs) I think so, too. Oh, boy. Two young men, one Swiss German and the other Japanese, told him they were friends who had met at an English as a second language program in New York. A group of Britons told him they were taking a road trip up the West Coast. They heard about the Area 51 business and decided to take a detour. Uh This was a common theme. Well, I'd been thinking about taking a road trip anyway, so... Oh my god. Might as well see what all the fuss is about. Might as well check out the UFOologists. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like, if I lived closer, it would've it would have been hard. It would've been a not, temptation. Yeah, right, not to go. Like, if I lived in the area. I would just wonder what the aliens were thinking through all of this. They're just watching, like, hmm, look at what these humans do. Get me out! <laughs> oh no. Finally, the town of Rachel came into view, so we're now cruising towards event number three. Uh-huh. It is a tiny one-horse town that was besieged by cars and tents and camper vans, including the cops, EMTs, festival organizers, and so on. There looked to be a couple thousand people, not the two million who ended up reviewing or uh, who RSVP'd to the Facebook event or the 30,000 that the sheriff feared. Oh my gosh. This was the original one, right? This was the original <laughs> event. Contrary to the wild warnings about a Fry Festival 2.0, things appeared to be mostly under control. Oh, that's good. And how is the poor innkeeper... You know what? We don't hear from the innkeeper again, so hopefully she's fine. I hope she's well. well. Getting to the actual entrance to Area 51 took about another 20 minutes of driving on an unmarked, unpaved road. At the end of the road was a drab military checkpoint flanked by concertina wire and threatening signs. The sign prohibiting photography was clearly a dead letter. Hmm. Rotating shifts of (laughs) law enforcement... I know, I'm just pretending (laughs) I don't hear it. (laughs) Rotating shifts of law enforcement officers of every variety, sheriff's deputies, state troopers, game wardens, park rangers, kept a watchful eye on everything. They seemed relaxed, though, and looked like they were having as good a time as much as the (laughs) ostensible troopers, stormers. After all, this was an excuse for them to hang out at Area 51 as well. Right. To the reporter's knowledge, no one actually raided Area 51 besides the two Dutch YouTubers who tried to sneak in through the perimeter two weeks prior to the event and ended up in jail instead. Um, in addition to the YouTube vloggers and Instagram influencers, there were more than a few actual journalists. Mm. So most of the locals seemed unsure how to feel about the whole thing. It was certainly a boon to the local economy, but a financial right. disaster for the county government. There were rumors that the district attorney was planning to sue Connie West, the innkeeper, oh. Maddie Roberts, or maybe even Facebook. <laughs> mostly, though, ju- they just seemed excited that they're... They mostly ex- seemed excited at the idea that their corner of the world might become something bigger than a gas stop on the way to elsewhere. (laughs) As they left, everyone vowed that next year they would be ready. Oh my God. (laughs) Next year was 2020, wasn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good luck. Um, I know this episode's running long, but before we leave the mystery of Nevada and its most famous urban legend, I wanted to drop in a very timely piece of research that happened just the other day. Oh, nice. As a reminder to our listeners, we do record these episodes a few months in advance. So, although you're listening to this episode in March, we are recording in late January. On January 10th, 2021, an Apple News alert popped up on my phone, and I felt like we ne- I needed to share this with you. So here we go. So ready. When the previous administration, and my God, does it feel good to say that. <laughs> what? When the previous administration signed the $2.3 trillion coronavirus relief 
and government funding bill into law in December 2020, it started a 180-day countdown for U.S. intelligence agencies to tell Congress what they know about UFOs. Oh. Seriously. The Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense have little less than six months now to provide the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committees with an unclassified report about unidentified aerial phenomena. It's, stip it's a stipulation that was tucked into the Committee Comment section of the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021, which was contained in the massive spending bill. So this is not uncommon, that when government bills are passed into law, there are little riders, which have nothing to mm -hmm. do with the actual bill that are attached. Mm -hmm. right. So that's what this was. A teeny tiny little rider attached to the relief bill demands that this intelligence piece be turned over to Congress. Good grief. Wow. I don't know how this didn't get more attention. Right. Yeah, but, I don't think, I haven't heard about this. Uh -uh. No, I, it popped up as an Apple News alert while I was doing this research. That so, is wild. I mean, that was, that was 12 days ago. Mm -hmm. And so it could be different now. It might be different in March, but this is what we knew right. as of now. Um, let's see. The report must contain detailed analysis of UFO data and intelligence collected by the Office of Naval Intelligence, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, and the FBI, according to Senate Intelligence Committee's directive. It should also detail, describe in detail an interagency process for ensuring timely data collection and centralized analysis of all unidentified aerial phenomena reporting for the federal government and designate an official responsible for that process. Finally, the report should identify any potential national security threats posed by UFOs and assess whether any of the nation's adversaries could be behind such activity, the committee said. The submitted report should be unclassified, the committee said, though it can contain a classified annex. A <laughs> almost missed a whole page of notes I there. didn't think you had read that one. <laughs> like a spokesperson for the office, office of the Director of National Intelligence confirmed the news. The Pentagon released three short videos in April of last year, so April of 2020, showing unidentified aerial phenomena, clips that the U.S. Navy had previously confirmed were real. I remember those. I Every, don't. Yeah, I do. Everyone was freaking out about it. Like, UFOs are real. Like, oh. it's 2020. Anything can be okay. real. Oh, <laughs> yes. I do remember that. <laughs> the videos, one from 2004 and the other two from 2015, show what appear to be unidentified flying objects rapidly moving while recorded mm -hmm. by infrared cameras. Mm -hmm. Two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could potentially be a drone. It's still unclear what the objects are, and there is no consensus on their origin. Some believe they may be drones, potentially operated by earthly adversaries seeking to gather intelligence, rather than the extraterrestrials that we normally equate with UFOs. In August, the Pentagon announced it was forming a task force to investigate. Members of Congress and Pentagon officials have long been concerned about the appearance of unidentified aircraft that have flown over U.S. military bases. The Senate Intelligence Committee voted last June again, that's June of 2020, to have the Pentagon and intelligence community provide a public analysis of the encounters. But it's not the first time the Pentagon has looked into aerial encounters with unknown objects. The Pentagon previously studied recordings of such incidents as part of a since-shuttered classified program launched at the behest of former Senator Harry Reid. The program was launched in 2007 and ended in 2012, according to the Pentagon, because they assessed there were higher priorities that needed the funding. Hmm. 
The former head of the program, Luis Elizondo, told CNN in 2013 that he personally believes there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. And ladies, there we have it. Nevada has been one of the eeriest states we've covered so far. So what do you think is happening at Area 51? I don't know if it's an Area 51, but I definitely think that we're probably not alone in the universe. I think it's a little arrogant to assume we would be. Right. I I agree, yeah. But I could also see, I've seen how quickly drones move around Mm -hmm. and they are very, you know, who knows how big they can get. I don't. I, um... So I wouldn't be surprised if it was earthly adversaries. Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. Um, that was very government speak. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very uh, professional. Thank you. I'm like a, a ufologist. Pro- <laughs> I, I am a professional ufologist. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a PhD in UFO. Just call me Dr. UFO. I'm Dr. UFO. I'm Dr. Farmer. Dr. Farmer. That's still one of my favorites. When I listened back to that, I was like, oh, Aaron. And what I think is funny is, remember when I did the Goat Man? And uh-huh. I was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, that they have one in another state and it ended up being my very next state. Uh-huh. I think your next state is New Mexico. It'd be funny if Roswell is what comes up. Ooh. At the top one. Oh. That's a good point. We might find out even more. We might. Or I might have to find something else. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll play that by ear. That's what I did. I was like, I don't think they want to hear about another goat man right away. I don't know. I could hear about more aliens. Yeah, I, I could definitely the aliens hear more were kind of a else. fun break from the norm, you I know? know? I love it. Yeah, yeah, this is one of my favorite ones I've done. Thanks for listening to Salt Over, Over Your Shoulder, a Redwater production. We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod. Or follow us on Facebook at Salt Over Your Shoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons at patreon.com saltthepod. See you next time!